Three men, five headlines, no warning, no rehearsals, no rules. It's a right angle lightning round. Hey everybody, I'm Steve Grew with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott. Welcome to our lightning round. And before I continue, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Okay, thanks. Uh, Scott, we're going to start with you this. No, I take it back. I was looking up a wrong note. Bill, we're starting with you this week. And this comes from a, uh, a writer at Substack going by the uh, name Quoth the Raven. And it's my favorite headline of the year already. Millionaire book writer and professional board sitter Chelsea Clinton attacks Substack authors as grifters. <laughs> you know, yeah. Chelsea didn't fall far from that family tree, did she? No, wasn't it? Um, wasn't it Focahontas who called uh, Elon Musk a, gris a grifter? Or, or no, no, she called what did she call him? Um, freeloader, I think. Freeloader, was yeah. The term. yeah, yeah, yeah. Project much, uh, Chelsea? Uh -huh. You know, um, I don't know if if that is. I don't know if that is preventative defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. In other words, if somebody's going to step up and accuse you of being a child molester, and you beat them to the mic and accuse them of being a child molester, then they look like they're just. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Or it's possible that she lives in such a a morally depraved uh, world that. She doesn't see the grifting that she does. I suspect that's probably in there somewhere. What was the Clinton Foundation um, track record, Steve? Something like of all the tens of millions of dollars they raised, wasn't it four percent that went to actual charity? Something like that. Don't ask Haitian about the Clintons. Good lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was honestly. I think it was four percent. Hillary Clinton has grown up in the shadow of a, of a, a serial womanizer and a perpetual drunk and 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 a person who who has no limits whatsoever on her hunger for power what did you expect <sighs> not much i remember when she got that uh, something like a half billion dollar deal at nbc for doing the most boring segments you've ever seen and i think she did like three of them it was just terrible terrible it's important work. to point out that she got those on her own journalistic merit however Merits, and that right. the connection to the family had nothing to do with it yeah and her tv presence which if i recall the time i said she was untainted by the ravages of charisma <laughs> just a lot of shoe leather journalism right there Indeed. Uh, Scott, we're going to you now. Our friends at Reason Magazine report Hispanic students were forced to learn critical race theory. They hated it. And the money quote was, the kids don't even want this stuff, says Fontania. I think it was a, a teacher at the school, noting that the ethnic studies course replaced a much more popular health class in the middle of a pandemic. And most of them, he said, are just like, why do we have to take this class? Well, you want to take a shot at that? Well, because they're inadequately educated in things that they um, that don't exist in reality and that they don't need to know about. Um, you know, it's just I'm not saying that there's nothing at all to people who want to study uh, the relationships of the races in societies throughout history or even in American society. I certainly think that introspection can be salutary for those of us who engage in it to, un to better understand people's motivations. Um, but there are 
actual courses that can be taught at college that will have tangible benefits in the long run. And this just doesn't happen to be one of them. It's one of those areas of study where you go into that if you want to, it's like, as Bill likes to say, it's study studies. It's something that you go into so that you can later teach it, um, not so that you could apply, you know, give it any kind of practical application. On the other hand, giving uh, college students some education about uh, health might be a really good idea because I don't think that there was any four-year span in my life when I came in contact with more sorts of virulent, infectious nastiness than I did when I was at college. <laughs> yeah, just just a, your, your weekly reminder that CRT has nothing to do with race relations. It's warmed up Marxism dressed up in the modern language of racial grievances designed to destroy this country. Okay, there you go. Uh, Bill, back to you. Oh, this is interesting. The White House signals, this is from Red State, the White House signals the coming jobs report, comes out Friday, is going to be apocalyptic. Uh, Jen Psaki was in, uh, your White House spokesweasel was giving a press conference on Monday, and she was asked about the, the upcoming jobs figure, and she was pre-massaging the number, saying that, uh, well, we had 9 million people calling in sick in January because of Omicron. And the peak of that was the week when they collect the job survey and uh, sick people count as unemployed. And I checked with BLS, sick people do not count as unemployed. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Uh, what do you think that jobs figure is gonna look like on Friday? Or what do you think the White House is, the, the, what the panic is like? Well, the first thing we'll see is a graph showing how this is the greatest job creation period in history. Uh, and. And uh, there's one on Instagram making the rounds fr from the White House. The White House puts this out on their Instagram account. And it's Joe Biden has created this many jobs. Donald Trump has created this many jobs. And, 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 and you, you read the comments and it's just nothing but the people laughing, you know, with tears coming down from your eyes emojis. Nobody believes these people. Nobody. We saw one, remember, a couple months ago where it was saying that gas prices are actually going down, you idiots. What's the matter with you complaining about inflation? Gas prices are going down. Remember, it went like from from like four dollars, thirty five cents and three quarters down to four dollars, thirty five cents and one quarter. <laughs> and, and they showed that this is, in fact, a decline. But there's no scale, you know. Okay. Yeah. So so we they will spin this into anything other than, well, I guess I guess our policies are, are crap. Um, I, you know what I really think, Steve, honestly, is I just think that this is just another example of Joe Biden performing beyond expectations. And beyond uh, and, uh, <laughs> and and Jen Zaki is just plain lying. Yeah, she knows she's just lying. Yeah, that's that's really what it comes down to. Three more years. Another lies, folks. Oh, I can hardly wait. Uh, Scott, back to you. Uh, Michael Rechtenwald of uh, American Scholars <laughs> tweeted some information you might not know about a subject you probably uh, read about a lot in the last week. Neil Young sold 50 percent hmm. interest in his music catalog to hypnosis. It's got a weird spelling, but like the word hip is in there, which yeah. is a billion dollar company owned by Blackstone. Blackstone just announced their newest senior advisor is the CEO of Pfizer. Now, do you think he might have an interest in getting Neil Young to take a stand against Joe Rogan? 
So, and for those of you who aren't following this, uh, Neil Young basically said that uh, SoundCloud, uh, the podcast streaming service, by the way, which is where we host the audio versions of our programs, um, that they could have either Joe Rogan or Neil Young, but they couldn't have both of them. And that Neil Young would leave the platform along with a couple of other uh formerly famous people uh, who said that they would abandon it because Joe Rogan apparently has done too many shows that were too tilted toward one side of the argument um, around COVID-19, the pandemic, mask mandates, vaccinations, et cetera. Um, Rogan has actually apologized and acknowledged that he um, that he has been slanted more in one direction. And he basically said, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a guy doing a podcast who never expected it to be this big. I don't even think in terms of my social responsibility to balance my coverage or anything like that. I'm just I'm just doing things that are interesting to me, but I really do need to think more about that. And, and so I'm going to do it. But that that's the problem when you stand up on your moral hind legs and start pointing the fingers at others. Uh, you better have your own house battened down pretty well uh, before you start indicating that other people might be spreading false information or by, might be hypocritical um, or have tainted uh, motivations. And as it turns out here, it's possible that Mr. Young himself uh, may find that the doxing of his life is is like a hurricane. Hey, Steve, oh, uh, nice Scotty, was it was it um, was it Spotify or SoundCloud? Uh, it's Spotify. I think it's Scott Spotify. I'm sorry, but yeah, it's Spotify. Never mind. And yeah, we, we, I, we do not host on Spotify, but we are available on Spotify. <laughs> the reason I bring it up, Steve, is Thank because you. I've been I've been checking the news feeds, and uh, we expect an announcement from Starland Vocal Band within the next <laughs> oh, ten minutes goodness. as Sky to whether Rockets, or not it's going to be them or or. Uh, or Joe Rogan. So, you know, the the the, the trend, the, the 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 floodgates have opened. Oh, it's an afternoon delight, ladies and gentlemen. No, it is indeed. Oh my. Oh, that's just one of their many, 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 many hits. hits. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I bought their greatest hit 45. Okay. Greatest, I'd love uh, to interview them and say, what, what do you think was your most successful song? Yeah. Short well, interview. On the B side, there's a different band on of, of their greatest <laughs> I thought the B side was just flat. Just blank. Save money. You know, it's cost money to print another thing on the other side. Uh, uh, I had that no 45, grief. by the way. Yeah, I think we all did. Uh, I'm going to finish with me. This is a uh, a nice little report from Politico, believe it or not, on just what disarray the Democrats are in right now. The uh, the headline is uh, Harris, Kamala Harris to Supreme Court chatter opens window into Dems deepest fears. I think that taps into all of our deepest fears, frankly. <laughs> but uh, some of the Democrats who raised the possibility of Biden appointing Harris to the Supreme Court said they did so in admiration for Harris's background as a prosecutor and a senator. So clearly I'm mm. not the only one who drinks too much. But most of them expressed a different consideration, reflecting the intense skepticism within some parts of the party about Harris's ability to win a presidential race if Biden does not run for reelection yeah. and a desire to open the field to other possible successors to a 79 year old president. Folks, I know it's been a rough year. It's going to be another rough year. I think we're going to have uh, a little bit of a, a light at the end of the tunnel in November after the election, at least. I, I dearly hope so. Get out there, vote, and don't just vote. Volunteer, give three bucks to the candidate of your choice, whatever it is, push some doorbells, stuff some envelopes. I was doing all that from the time I was 15 years old. It'll do you and your candidate good. But 
I think the Democrat antics that are going to start getting into real gear around mid-2023 and throughout 2024 are going to make 2016 look like 1984. And I don't mean the year. I don't mean the book. I mean the election. It's going to be nuts. I can't wait. Go long on popcorn. All right. That's your right angle on that. Brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. 